Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Wednesday, October 14th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Today we're talking college sports in the Sunflower State. Kansas State is coming off its third straight victory, this one at TCU, and jumped into the polls. It's a great conference start for the Wildcats, who don't play this weekend, but the news isn't all good. Skylar Thompson, the starting quarterback and fifth-year senior, has been ruled out for the year because of an injury. How is K-State dealing with that news, and where does the program and Thompson go from here? Kellis Robinette is here to provide the update. After a break, we talk KU football and basketball with Gary Bedore. The Jayhawks named a starting quarterback for Saturday's game at West Virginia. That's a surprise. Gary tells you who it is. Also, college basketball practice starts this week, and Gary breaks down how KU will go about its hoop business with a schedule that's just now starting to come into shape. So let's get going talking college sports in the Sunflower State. Kellis Robinette covers Kansas State for the Star and Wichita Eagle. Kellis, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. How about yourself, Blair? Not bad. Not bad. Um, interesting times at Kansas State. They just keep winning uh, after the opener, of course. But once conference play started, they they can't help themselves. They just win all the time. And now getting the polls as well. Number 22 in the in the coaches poll and the, and the media poll, the AP poll. So it's good to see that Wildcats coming off the, the 21-14 victory at TCU. It was their second second road victory in the, in the Big 12. But some other news broke this week on, on the Wildcats and actually started with, uh, with the announcement from Coach Chris Kleiman regarding the quarterback position. Take us through what's going on at quarterback for K-State. Yeah, so unfortunately, Skylar Thompson, the guy that um, probably opposing fans think have been quarterback in Kansas State since uh, 1943, <laughs> um, uh, suffered a season-ending injury. They won't say exactly what it was. I believe it's possibly something in the pectoral range, maybe upper shoulder. Hard to say. It wasn't initially detected with x-rays and stuff. Nothing was broken. They thought, okay, this looks good. He'll be able to play against TCU, or if not, then take a week off to play against KU. But they did some MRIs, some further tests, found out he did indeed have a significant in- injury that would require surgery. It's a difficult choice for him to make because, obviously, uh, this is Skyler's last go-around. He's a senior. He's a team captain. And he was actually pl- starting to play really well, led him to the win in Oklahoma, and was off to a nice start against Texas Tech before he got hurt. So. Nobody wanted to see him go down, but, um, yeah, he, he underwent surgery. He'll be out for the year. I don't know what his recovery timetable is, but it's a tough blow for Kansas State. Uh, and now we get to see what Will Howard is made of. He's led him to uh, – I don't know if led is the right word, but he's helped them win the last <laughs> right. game. And uh, it's going to be his show moving forward. It's been, I guess, since Skyler was a redshirt freshman that we've seen a freshman play quarterback for Kansas State starting games and whatnot. So – yeah, the keys to the offense have been handed over to him, and um, they've kind of been getting by with uh, kind of MacGyver style. Give me a paper clip <laughs> and some bubble gum, and I'll, I'll get out of your trap. They've been winning, so we'll see if they can keep doing it. But, yeah, it's uh, not exactly what they were hoping for right now. No, no. Well, and it certainly helps to have Deuce Vaughn uh, on the team as well with his um, his skills as a running back and as a receiver. Let's go back to Skylar Thompson for a second. What – you know, he, he's in an interesting place in terms of his future. He's got a decision to make. And can, I guess in concert with Kansas State, um, you know, he, he's already a fifth-year senior, as you said, but um, but everybody who wants to come back next year can because of, um, you know, NCAA rules regarding the pandemic. 
And it would, you know, I, I, I would think if you're a Kansas State fan, you you entertain that idea and think, wow, that, that could be a pretty good thing, you know, have a guy with that much experience back. But that would crowd the quarterback room at Kansas State. So interesting. It seems like there's an interesting call to make here. It really is, and it's kind of unfortunate we won't get an answer for several months on this front because uh, pretty much the day that it was announced that eligibility was going to be frozen this year, I would say will Skyler come back has been one of the most five debated topics from the Kansas State Kansas State fan base, and that was before he got hurt. It was just, you know, it, it would we have a guy with four years of starting experience coming back? And I guess what just makes it so interesting is that they, uh, they really like the two young guys who are coming in behind him. We're seeing Will Howard right now, and even though he hasn't lit up the stat sheet or anything, he, he is winning games. He looks like he does have a bright future. And then uh, this offseason they're bringing in Jake Rubley, a four-star recruit from Colorado, Colorado who had offers, uh, big-time offers from places like Michigan, LSU, and spurned them all to come to Kansas State. So in normal circumstances, everybody would be licking their chops to see what these two young guys can do next season. Um, but now it's it's very interesting to be able to at least think maybe Skyler can return and enter that mix too. So would they have would he come back and be part of a three way uh, competition for the QB job? Would he decide to move on, make a run at the NFL, or do something else, or maybe even transfer? I guess that's a decision for another day. But it's it's quite the interesting topic. Um, I guess uh, on one hand it's good because you have all these options for next season, but. At the same time, but what's the oldest saying in football? If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. If you right. have three quarterbacks, I don't, I don't even want to know what you got then. <laughs> so, a very interesting situation there to uh, to be sure. Well, and even with the quarterback situation, what it is. Yeah, well, let me ask you this first, and I, I, I certainly don't know the answer to this. Who's who's the backup now? Who's who's the number two quarterback for the Wildcats? Uh, his name is Nick Ost. He's uh, I believe he's a former walk-on. I think he still is a walk-on, but uh, he may have been promoted to scholarship status at some point. So I can't tell you that for sure. But he's he's a in-state kid from Kansas. Um, he actually he was the backup last year. Just played very very little. Um, he came into this season, people thought he would be the backup again, but Will Howard played a little bit better. So everybody, like Colin Klein, the quarterback's coach, Chris Kleiman, they all rave about his work ethic. They have uh, they all say they're comfortable with him getting into games. Um, we haven't actually seen them back them up by putting him in games yet, but that's where they are at right now. Um, he would be the number two guy, and assuming uh, next year he would be the number three or four guy probably. Okay. Well, what does this do for prospects? The with Skyler out and and Will Howard doing a fine job. I mean, he's man, seems like he's a right at least right now, and and not much more can be expected. But sort of game managing and and uh, you know taking coaching and applying it to to the offense, and they've they've produced results. He they came back and beat uh, Texas Tech when when he was in the game. He lost. He came in. The Wildcats had the lead. They lost it. and They came back and won it in the fourth quarter, and then he basically played from in front the whole game uh, at, at, uh, at TCU. So, but, you know, he isn't, he isn't Skylar Thompson. And so what, as I, as I mentioned earlier, the Wildcats are, they're in first place, they're in the polls um, and, and expectations are, are, have changed for the Wildcats since the opener. And people are looking at this as a, as a season where they could play in their, in the big 12 championship game for the first time in the, in the, uh, in the history of the 10 team league, um, does the change at quarterback have an impact on people's hopes and dreams about this K-State team? 
I think it probably has to. I mean, before Skyler went down, I think um, they had – I think they had a shot to get there. Their main competition was Oklahoma State and Iowa State. Um, and obviously, you know, Oklahoma or Texas could get hot, figure things out, and get back in the mix. But those were the three undefeated teams in league play. And um, if they could uh, figure out, out a way to split games with those teams, they really – I think they had a good shot of getting there. I still think that it's possible, but – uh, I think it's less possible without a, a senior leader like Thompson, just because the offense seems um, more limited now than it used to be. And it's, it's not totally the quarterback thing. They've, they've had issues on the offensive line, keeping guys healthy. We saw Joshua Youngblood decide to transfer this week at receiver. And really just right now, the only three things they have going on offense are um, the occasional scramble or designed around by Will Howard and the, uh, over the over the middle passes to Deuce Vaughn and uh, Bradley Moore, at least in, in the passing game. Obviously, they can get Deuce Vaughn involved in the running game too, but the the vast majority, like 70% or more of their passing yards have gone to running backs and tight ends this year. And I, I just kind of worry that at some point that's going to catch up to them. Can you go a whole season without having any reliable receivers? Sebastian Taylor has been the closest thing they've had to one this, this far, but other than that, they haven't had any – any real outside passes, any deep balls to keep defenses honest. Can they keep winning this way? Um, maybe they can. I mean, their defense has been uh, playing well above expectations recently, so maybe there's a way that they can win that way. But um, I think you and me talked about this yesterday. It's been a long time since a Big 12 team has won the Big 12 or even been in contention for the Big 12 with a backup quarterback, right. um, let alone dealing with COVID issues and all this stuff. You have to go all the way back to uh, – you know that you're better than me, but Oklahoma, when they when they lost Red Bomar right before the season, I, I can't really think. There have been times where teams have had two really good quarterbacks and they've split them and right. been competitive, but I don't know of any instance where they've lost a starting quarterback and then stayed, you know, at the top of the conference all year. So it, it's a tough challenge. Yeah, that was that was 2006 when Oklahoma um, lost Bomar and Paul Thompson was the guy, and he before he was a converted wide receiver playing quarterback for the first time and. Bob Stoops and that and, and the offensive coaching staff did a great job with with him that year. They ended up beating Nebraska in the Big 12 title game at Arrowhead. Nebraska's quarterback in that game was Zach Taylor, now the head coach of the of the Cincinnati Bengals. So there, there's your Big 12 history moment uh, with uh, uh, with Kellison Blair. So uh, <laughs> hey, so let's talk I, about. I would have totally forgot about that. So thank you for your knowledge in that. Well, and it was a forgettable, it was kind of a forgettable Big 12 season. There was, you know, the year before Texas had won the national championship and going forward, at least around here, were the were kind of the, the couple of really good years for Chase Daniel in Missouri. So um, it was a, like I said, not, not, not one of the notable, um, you know, periods or at least seasons for, for Big 12 football. Hey, let's talk about Joshua Youngblood. That's, that's that's really too bad. This guy was such an electric player for K State last year. I've got his um, college football reference page uh, called up, and I had to remember against whom he had his kickoff return touchdowns. He had one at Texas, one at Texas, one at Texas Tech, and then one against uh, Iowa State. These were all in the second half of last season. So he was a quite the impact player as a freshman for the Wildcats. And as you said, he has decided to enter the transfer portal. Um, he wasn't getting playing time this year. I'm, I'm wondering what was, what's, is there a, what's the backstory there? I mean, it's, uh, like anything else, it's complicated, but I, it just seems like, um, 
one of those situations where a guy comes in and has a bunch of success really early, and then it's difficult for him to manage those expectations in year two if things don't go perfectly. Because I, I just keep thinking back to what his preseason expectations were when he said he wanted a thousand yards as a rusher, a thousand yards as a receiver, and a thousand yards as a return man. Um, but through four, four games this season, he's got 57 yards total, zero catches, zero yards as a receiver. One rush for three yards as a rusher, and I believe three returns for 54 yards as a return man. So not exactly what he was expecting there. Um, I can't tell you exactly why he wasn't playing more. I think he he was a high school quarterback, so he was still learning how to play receiver, and I don't know if that maybe caught up to him a little bit. He had offseason uh, leg surgery. That might have uh, slowed him down just a little bit. And I, I just – can't really imagine how hard it must be to go from, you know, a fr- being a freshman All-American to have having all these expectations in year two and then just b- basically doing nothing through four games. That's got to be incredibly frustrating for not only him and the coaching staff. And just from where I'm sitting, it seems like all that kind of just boiled to a, a point where he decided to leave. Well, again, that's too bad for a team that is off to such a good start and now probably needs a, you know, a player like him with his skill set more than, more than ever. But, uh, but, you know, he's grass is greener somewhere else and he'll, um, and he'll uh, decide to, uh, to land, to land elsewhere, um, maybe closer to his home. He's a Florida guy, right? Uh, Tampa, I think. Yeah. He's, he's from Tampa and um, they actually have another receiver from Tampa coming in this season who actually really helped recruit. So they were hoping to build up a recruiting pipeline out there. Um, It'll be interesting to see if this slows that down. Okay. All right, Kellis, great catching up with you. Of course, the Wildcats don't play this weekend. Their next game is October 24th against KU in Manhattan. And speaking of KU, we're going to take a break and come back and talk to Gary Bedore, who covers the Jayhawks for the Star. Kellis, good talking to you, and we'll catch up with you again soon. All right, look forward to it. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Gary Bedore covers KU for the Star and Wichita Eagle. Gary, how are you doing today? Fine, thanks. Uh, nice day. I hope you're doing well. Yeah, it is a nice day, and I am doing well. Let's um, let's start with football, Gary. Um, I, I was really kind of surprised when I learned that that the Fox Sports Network had selected Kansas at West Virginia as the national game, the big noon game on on Saturday. I mean, that's where the Texas OU game was played last week. The same same time. 
on the same station. And then I looked at the Big 12 schedule for yeah. Saturday <laughs> and noticed that's the only Big 12 game <laughs> going on this weekend. But a nice look, good for Kansas to get some national exposure, I guess. Um, and, and they are going to West Virginia for a game that will kick off at noon there, but 11 a.m. in Central Time. What, one thing that's that's uh, unusual, Kansas went ahead and named their starting quarterback for this game. Who got the call? Yeah, Miles Kendrick gets the call. Uh, with less Miles questionable with COVID, they Kansas sent the coordinators onto the Zoom call Monday. So when Brent Deerman, the offensive coordinator, got on, he immediately said that uh, Kendrick would be starting. And uh, they're trying something different this week because they've tried to keep it secret for the first three games. Every game was a blowout loss. And uh, they're trying to build up the confidence of the team behind their starting quarterback. So they're trying everything. Uh Besides that, Thomas McVitie has been out with a shoulder. He's supposedly healthy. But Jalen Daniels, the freshman, has a foot injury, and they haven't said he can't play, but reading between the lines, I think he's still out. So it was either McVitie or Kendrick. They decided to bolster Kendrick's confidence and go ahead and name him this week and – the third quarterback would be a freshman, Miles Fallon. So uh, they're going with Kendrick, and uh, they need to get their offense going because Jesse Newell and I had lunch yesterday, and he showed me all these stats. <laughs> KU ranks near the bottom of the 76 teams playing football this year in almost every category. It's pretty crazy. They average 14 points a game. The next worst in the league is TCU at 27. Yeah, four, 14 points a game is not going to get it done in the Big 12. No. That's, that's for sure. And, no, look, they, they did have to play. You know, they've played a couple of tough teams and conference teams in Oklahoma State and, yeah. and Baylor. And uh, uh, But, but look, it's and – we, and we thought this would be something of a – I don't know if safe rebuild is the right word, but they lost a lot of players from last year's team. And it was going to be a little bit of a struggle in less miles second year, but, but not, I mean, it's it, some of these outcomes have just been head shakers. Um, and maybe, maybe that'll change starting Saturday and maybe it'll help that, that the Jayhawks name their starting quarterback a week in advance, or at least the public knows. And, yeah. and, and that'll help uh, miles Kendrick. So 11 a.m. on Saturday, KU at West Virginia, but Gary, it is also uh, the beginning of college basketball season, and I was thinking about this earlier this week. That you know, college basketball lost its championship, right? It's lost, it lost the NCAA tournament, and, um, and to, to the pandemic. Yep. And so it, it had, you know, it's had, it's had several months to to get its season planned and started, and and it is starting later. And like a couple weeks later than usual, and teams are scheduled. I think it's three or four fewer games yeah. uh, in Division One than than normal. But uh, here it is, and uh, and then there is a plan for you know for these teams schedule schedule wise and and uh, and, and and starting date wise. So KU begins 
this week, sometime in the next day or two, right? The practice begins. Yeah, they will hold their first practice Thursday. They could practice today if they wanted to, but you only get 20 hours a week, and Bill Self has it all meticulously planned. So the better day off this week is the first day, I guess. So uh, they will practice. There are no exhibition games allowed this year and no what they call secret scrimmages where you bring in another Power 5 team to scrimmage. So the first public viewing of the team will be a virtual late night that will be coming up at a date to be announced. Then there will be nothing uh, except those guys practicing on their own until the Boise State opener in the Wooden Legend on the 25th of November in Florida. After that, they'll play the final or the consolation final against UCLA or Seton Hall. Then they'll play the Champions Classic in Florida against Kentucky. And a day or so before the December 1st Classic, they'll play somebody else in Florida. There's going to be a ton of teams in Florida uh, for these different tournaments, and Kansas will play one of them probably a mid-major, I would think, because otherwise <laughs> all their games right. are going to be losable. You know, right. Kansas will be favored, but you could look – you don't want – you know how it goes. Normally teams play small schools at home, so I would assume the team will be a mid-major that they pick up in Florida. Okay. that, that you, So you, you mapped it out well, but that, that means Kansas – They'll have four games in Orlando yeah. uh, to begin the season, <clears throat> and, the, and, it, and it's not a coincidence that college basketball teams are in Orlando. That's where the NBA season finished, and the NBA playoffs. And it, it's I think in the very same building uh, yeah. that uh, that the, at the Dis, at ESPN's Disney uh, Complex. They'll yeah. the, a lot of all these tournaments, and it's not just Kansas and these couple tournaments. I think I counted eight tournaments yeah. college basketball tournaments are going to be played in orlando in over a, i think a couple of week period starting uh, november 25th is the first day that college basketball games can be played and and from there for the next couple of weeks there's going to be a lot of action or in orlando florida including the jayhawks yeah there will be i think that is right eight tournaments and uh it's crazy you know to see how that'll work out there's a a ton of Disney hotels there and Disney is not, you know, doing good business right now because of the pandemic. So there'll be a lot of teams and Kansas will be there for at least a week to play those four games, probably a week and a half. So, uh, you know, it's crazy. I guess the Boise state opener, Boise is supposed to be good this year, but that is a team, you know, more, more like a mid-major. So other than that, they could be all, you know, high major teams that they'll be playing. At home this year, they played Creighton. They had to drop three pretty good games, Colorado, Missouri, and uh, USC are all postponed, you know, a year. So it's, it's really insane. The schedule is not out yet. Supposedly, Big 12 schedule is coming out soon. And uh, 
Kansas schedule within a week or a week and a half. So Bill knows they'll be opening in Florida, so he'll at least know what is on the immediate schedule. Right, and you mentioned the the games that had to be dropped from the schedule. Of course, one of those is Missouri. That was the you know, people were excited about the resumption of the border war that uh, that ended as far as a regular season goes when Missouri left the Big Twelve after the 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 twelve uh, basketball season. This was going to be the first game that uh, yeah. first men's basketball game between the two programs. Since then, it was going to be at Sprint Center, and that was going to begin a six year. Uh, yeah. contract. So what, what happens to this, to this game that was going to be at Sprint Center? This game will be put at the end of the six years uh, series. So the last two games of the uh, six game series will be at T-Mobile Center. The first game next year is at Allen Fieldhouse. The second game in the following year is at Mizzou. Then it's back to Allen. Then it's back to Mizzou two in Kansas City to conclude. For weeks I've been wondering about that game because uh, T-Mobile Center hasn't had anything, I don't think, since uh, the the one Big 12 tournament game played there. And if you look at their website, everything on there is canceled or postponed except basketball games. They had never pulled the trigger and put on their website – because I think K-State plays there. I think uh, there's that tournament there. And on their website, those had not been officially canceled. But KU and Mizzou, I think, decided rather than play before a 1,000 fans, if they allow anything at T-Mobile Center, they would postpone it a year and hopefully have real – packed arenas for KU Mizzou if right, the pandemic right, right. is over, which right. it better be by then. <laughs> right. Well, four years from now, five yeah. years from now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for sure. Well, we were all looking forward to the you know to that game and it would have been fun to see it, but uh but we'll have to wait a yeah. year for that. Okay. Hey Gary, uh it was great catching up with you and um we will talk to you again next week. All right. Thanks, Blair. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Kellis Robinette and Gary Bedore for talking K-State and KU sports. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, we've got another deal for you, especially for those who want a deep dive into the Stars' terrific Chiefs coverage. For a limited time, you can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. Here's how you get it. Go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. Do you want more than sports coverage? I do. Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down these offers, send me an email at bkirkhoff, K-E-R-K-H-O-F-F, at kcstar.com, and I'll get you to the right place. 
Whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting in supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Thursday with another episode.